The announcement there, as you can see, Fireland Conference. Uh, this, today is the last day, your last opportunity to get the super early bird, <laughs> which is £15 for a ticket or two for 20 As we know, in years gone by, it's like £30 a ticket, but this year you're getting two for 20 And I want to encourage you to buy two and give it to someone. Go out and bless someone. And someone who's maybe not been to church before, someone who maybe hasn't been for a while, someone who needs encouragement, someone who needs a, to be blessed, go out there and give them a ticket. It's only, it only costs you an extra five pound. Amen? See Candice after the service if you, want, if you need tickets. There's Trevor says going by 20. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to get into the Word. Can I pray? Father, I thank you for what you've already done. And what you're doing right now in our midst. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for this message, Lord. I just praise you. I thank you, Lord. I just thank you for the anointing that flows freely in this place in our hearts, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the last couple of weeks, I've been teaching about faith, about what is faith and, you know, how to walk in faith and, you know, how in, in um, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says that, by, uh, we have been saved by grace through faith. Amen? So that, you know, grace and faith work together. You know, everything that God gives us is through grace, and we receive it through faith. But praise be to God, we receive faith through His grace. So even though we receive grace through faith, He's given us the very faith that we receive grace through. So God's done it all. My goodness, all I have to do is just believe <laughs> and walk in the faith that He's already given me through His grace. So praise God. But you know, if we do anything, if we think we have to do anything other than believe to receive from God, then we're putting ourselves back under the law. If we think that we need to come up with some sort of uh, system or some sort of thing, action or anything to try and move God, we're actually becoming religious. We don't need to do anything other than believe to see God move. We are free. If I say I'm free, I'm free. When I say I'm free, I'm standing here right now free in Christ. I have got everything. I don't need to do anything to receive anything because I've already received it. Hallelujah. I don't need to come up with some sort of uh, formula to move God because you know something? Today the message is about religion. Because I've been praying and seeking God from last Monday. From last Monday afternoon until today, I've been praying and asking God, what is religion? What does it mean to be religious? You know, when you, when you say that somebody's got a religious spirit, what does it actually mean? Because sometimes we, we throw out words and we say things and sometimes we don't even understand what we're saying. What does it mean to be religious? What is a religious spirit? Hallelujah. Because there's one thing I've found, and I can tell you here now, there's one thing I've noticed and I've found that Pentecostalism has, is as religious as any other denomination. In fact, I've even found that Pentecostalism is even more religious. But I'm not saying true Pentecostalism is religious, but what I'm saying is that in Pentecostalism, there's a lot of religion. There's a lot of stuff goes on in Pentecostal churches that isn't God. It's just religion. 
We come up with so many formulas and so many uh, systems where we think we can put God in this system and God will move for us. When all we got to do is just believe. So we at Light of the World Church are not a Pentecostal church because I don't want us to be put in a Pentecostal box. I believe in everything that Pentecostalism uh, believes, but I'm not Pentecostal. I believe we, the church here, believe in the full counsel of the Word of God. We believe from Genesis to Revelation. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in prophecy. The Bible even says, do not uh, despise prophecies. Do not uh, despise uh, tongues. Do not forbid tongues. It even says it. So if we forbid tongues, then we're going against the Word. So we believe all that stuff. Hallelujah. We believe in dancing. We believe in shouting. We believe in singing. We believe in worship. We believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. We believe in healings. We believe in the baptism of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But we're not a Pentecostal church. We're a church. We are a church. The Bible says that we are the church. Church means body of Christ. We're a church. What sort of church do you go to? I go to a church. I go to the church, the church, Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. Amen. Don't allow anybody to come to you and say, what church do you go to? It's, it's a real, I don't know if it's, maybe it is throughout the whole world, but it's a real Northern Ireland uh, mentality, you know. As soon as you meet somebody for the first time, the old questions come out. Where are you from? What's your name? Where do you come from? What church do you go to? Oh, right. Boom. All of a sudden, all these walls come up. And then you can't even speak to that person. As soon as you put yourself in a Pentecostal box, all of a sudden, boom, you can't even speak to that person because they, they have a mentality. They have a, a, a perception of what Pentecostalism is. And all of a sudden, if you say, I'm a Pentecostal, you have just put yourself clean into that box. And what they think of what a Pentecostal per is, that's what they think you are. But you may not be. So why put yourself in it? I want people's hearts to be open so that they can talk to them freely. So there's so much stuff that goes on in Pentecostalism that is religion. Hallelujah. I hear so many Christians today calling all our Christians and all our churches religious. All our Christians and all our churches, they're saying, oh, religious spirit. But yet, if they actually turned their eyes upon themselves and began to look at themselves, that they would actually begin to find that actually there's a bit of religion in me as well. In fact, they might even have more religion than what I think they have. Jesus even said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, he says, he says, take the speck out of your own eye so that you'll be able to see to take the plank out of your own brother's eye. You know, when I was reading that last night, actually, it's a simple thing, but it's something that I hadn't seen before, that when you look at your, when you look at your brother's problems, it blinds you to your own. Look at it, where is it? It says, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will, be, you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So if you focus your whole attention on, on your brother's uh, problems and your, your brother's this, you're actually blinding yourself to yourself. But if you take your eyes off your brother's speck that is in his eye and begin to look at your own plank, then all of a sudden your eyes are open. You go, oh my goodness, I need to change myself. You see, if you begin to look at other people and say they're religious, Actually, you need to start looking at your own heart. If things aren't working around you the way you think they should be working, you need to start looking at your own heart. Hallelujah. 
You know, we all can become religious. We all can get caught up in systems. So when I was studying about religion, the best uh, word or explanation that I can come up with for religion, and just to keep it simple, is either system or coming up with, Claire actually came up with this word. Where's Claire? There she is. What do you call that word you say? What, formula, yes. I came up with the word system. Claire happened to just use the word formula. If we come up with a system or a formula or try to formulate God or try to come up with a system to move God or to get something from God, then we're actually religious. Now, how many times or how many things do we do in Pentecostalism that we think is pleasing to God or moving God and actually it's just a formula? It's just a system that we have been taught, that we have caught on to, that we have brought in and we think that it's actually pleasing or moving God when it's not. Now, I'm not talking about, I believe that God can genuinely manifest. There's genuine manifestations where God could tell Bran to jump up and down. And by obedience, I jump up and down. But then next week, I come to church and then all of a sudden I think to myself, I need to jump up and down. So, and then because I jump up and down, I think the God that moved last week is going to move the same way this week. Then all of a sudden, I'm in religion. All of a sudden, I've come up with a formula or a system. I'm just using that as an example. It could be anything. I could be running around the church. Man, God could, tell, God could say to me, Brian, I want you to run around the church. And I'm going, what do you want me to do that for? And I could do it. And then all of a sudden, somebody get healed. Praise God, that can happen. But it doesn't mean I'm going to run around in circles every week. <laughs> There he goes off again. He's running around in circles. You see what I mean? You come up with a a formula. You come up with a a system where you see what works today may not work next week. The title of my message today is Today's Freedom Can Become Tomorrow's Bondage. Today's freedom can become tomorrow's bondage. I see so many people that today are free and tomorrow they're in bondage to their freedom today because they've they've had a genuine experience with God and for the rest of their lives, they're trying to bring up that same experience. They're trying to make it happen. They're trying to make it happen. And if they don't make it happen, then they feel that they haven't, haven't experienced God. You can experience God anytime, any place, anywhere because you have the presence of God in you right now. The presence of God is here. But there's a difference between the presence of God and the manifestation of the presence of God. Where God, you see, God is here right now. He's in us right now. But the anointing that brings healing and the anointing that moves about and does signs, wonders, and miracles will only happen when we come into unity. Think of the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says that they were one accord. It says after they were one accord, he says that uh, there was a sound from, from heaven and it came like a rushing mighty one and they were filled with tongues of fire. The Holy Spirit was waiting for the 120 to come into unity. The moment they became into unity, boom, the Holy Spirit just hit the place and he came to stay. So the Holy Spirit is here right now. I can tell you now, God wants to heal everybody right here, right now. God wants to manifest himself right here, right now. He's not waiting for Bran to come up with a formula. He's not waiting for Bran to come up with a system. He's waiting for Bran to come in unity with him. The moment they come into unity with God, he manifests. 
The moment we come into unity together, he just manifests naturally. We don't have to do anything about it. We just believe and be in unity. It's not about the type of song. Praise God for the type of song. It's not about, you know, sometimes we come up with, we think we have to worship in a certain way. Well, what about, we worship this way in this church, and the church down the road worships their way, but yet we both enjoy the presence of God. So it's not about, see, the moment we begin to think that we have to worship in a certain way, or we have to sing a certain song, or we have to preach a certain way, or we have to dance a certain way, we're actually putting ourselves in a system. We're putting ourselves in a formula thinking that we need to do these things to make God move when actually God will move. God wants to move. And God will move. John, how you feel? Praise the Lord. Praise God. God wants to move. Turn to Ephesians. You see, every church has a different, this is the thing. Do you know that every church has a different system, right? Every single church in this country has a different system. And the reason why you, go, you pick a church is because you, you like the system that they have, because you have a system. You see, we come up with a system or a formula and we will, go, we will not go into a church where our system doesn't fit into their system. We feel uncomfortable, so we come out until we find a church where we feel comfortable. Our system fits with that. I like this church. They actually, they actually uh, they do things the way I like because the system is the same as your system. But yet the church down the road, their system, they believe, do you know that the, the, the Presbyterian church today believe that they have the best system in the country? Do you know that the, we, we may think we have the best system in the country? We, uh, Elam may think they have the best system in the country. Uh, church of Ireland, they firmly believe 100%. Every church firmly believes that we all have the best system. But you know what? It's all religion. It's all religion, including Light of the World Church. It's all religion. It's a system. It's a, it's, a, it's a formula that we have formulated together, come together, and we've put it together, and we think this is it. Once we have, you know what we're doing? We're saying, God, when we get this formula correct, you're in our wee box. God will move when we get it all, everything together. God will just move. That's, God will not, that's religion. That's a system. That's religion. The Bible says that when brethren dwell together in unity, God has already commanded a blessing. God didn't say be perfect. God says be in unity. Because we all come together, we're all imperfect. Jesus makes us perfect. But in, in, in the natural, we come together with our imperfections, but all our imperfections can be all in unity and God just woof, moves. And then all our imperfections begin to be put right. <laughs> it's, it's simple, but yet we complicate it. We don't need all the T's crossed and all the, all the, the I's dotted. We don't need to do that. We just need to come together in unity. That's all we need to do. 
And God, as if we come together in unity and the Holy Spirit moves, the Holy Spirit will sort everything out. The Holy Spirit will, will uh, heal every problem. He, he'll sort every problem out. Anything that needs fixed, if we're in unity, He'll fix it. But if we're in disunity, He can't move and our problems will get even bigger. God is waiting. You know what? We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. What's He waiting on? He's waiting for, the, for us to get into unity. He's already moved. He's already done. He's already in us. We don't need to wait on God. You know what? We can come together. We can sit in silence and unity and He can move. We can come together and worship Him the way we did today in unity and He can move. We can come together and pray and He'll move if we're in unity. But we can come together in silence and disunity and He won't move. And we're going... Last week we sat here in silence and God moved mightily. How come he's not moving this week? Why is he not moving? If God is in us and he wants to move, God's heart is bleeding. God's heart is broken right now. When he sees John the way he is going out that door, do you not think he wants John to be healed? He died for John. He died for me. He died for you. So there's got to be something, something, something not right. And all it is is unity. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. This is the number one killer to unity. If unity is what makes God manifest, this is the one thing that will kill unity. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. It says... Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgive you. There's one thing is the words, the gossip, the things that we say against one another is the one thing that will break unity and grieve the Holy Spirit. If I'm standing here today preaching the best message that you've ever heard in your entire life and I knew you're sitting there going, he's been talking about me. <laughs> I, is it going to do you any good? Because your mind's going 90 to the dozen. How dare he talk about me? How dare he say that about me? How dare he think that about me? And it doesn't matter what I'm preaching, you won't receive it. Doesn't matter how, how great the message is because your, your mind is not in unity. Your mind's all over the place. And it's my fault for opening my mouth because it's gossip. I hope nobody's sitting like that this morning. They shouldn't be. <laughs> So we can be all coming to church, we can have the best worship, we can have the best preaching, we can have the best building, we can have the best of everything, we can have everything, and no, no, no presence, no Holy Spirit, nothing, nothing's happening. Everything's done perfectly, nothing's happening. Why? Because there's no unity. Because there's gossiping going on and, and people's minds are all over the place. Instead of focusing on the Lord and focusing on what He's about to do, 
minds are thinking of what this one said about me and this one said about me and this one said about that and our minds are all over the show. But yet when we, if we stop all that and, then, and our minds are focusing on, on loving one another and esteeming each other, hiring each other and focusing on the things of the Lord, bang, manifestation of God's presence. We're going, my goodness, what happened? What's going on? What, what's different? What's going on? I mean, I've been to house meetings where there's no instruments, nothing. And I've experienced the presence of God like never before. I've seen, even in my own home, after everybody left, there was like a, a haze, a, a, like a green haze in, in, our, in our kitchen. We had no formula. We had no uh, system. We had nothing. We just came and everybody come together with the love of God. Everybody came together expecting God and God just done His thing. Because there was a unity. Man, you can come up with a system, system for anything. This suit that I'm wearing today, I wear my suit because I like wearing a suit on a Sunday morning, but I don't wear a suit to please God. I don't wear a suit to please anybody. I don't wear a suit to make me look spiritual or anything. I wear a suit because I want to wear a suit. If you're wearing a suit for any other reason than because you want to wear a suit, then you've got to ask yourself, that's a system. You see, I've seen it from extreme to extreme, where you get people brought up in a traditional church and they're made to wear a suit and they're told they have to wear a suit. Then all of a sudden, they're liberated, they're free, and all of a sudden they go from one extreme to the other and they just wear everything and anything, which is okay, don't get me wrong, you can wear everything and anything you want in here. But the thing is that if you ask them to put a suit on, they'll run a mile and say, you're putting me under the law. You're trying to put me under a system. But you see, the thing is that they're, they've actually went from one system to another. In their mind, they're thinking that unless I wear, uh, what is it, grubby clothes or wear what I like or whatever you want to say it, uh, if I don't wear this, I'm not free. I must wear this, this to, to express my freedom. So all of a sudden, you've put yourself under an, from one bondage to another. So... From one extreme, you have to wear a suit to show everybody that you're free and then the suit comes off and over here you're wearing whatever to show everybody you're free. You, don't need to, you shouldn't be wearing anything or doing anything to, to, to put yourself under a system to try and prove to anybody you're free. You're either free or you're not. You should be able to wear what you want, but in a way that you want to wear it. Amen. You wear this because you want to wear it. You enjoy wearing it. Not to, to prove or show anything to God or prove or show anything to anybody else. Because that's religion. That's a system that you're putting yourself under. Jesus said in, in, in John 7, verse 37, He says that if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And He says that he who believes out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. Do you believe this morning? Amen. Well, if you, Jesus says if you believe, rivers will flow. It's the Word of God. Rivers of living water will flow out of your heart if we just believe. But if our minds, if we're not in unity, we're, we're, we're minds are not, we're not with it. We're not switched on. We're not connected. We just need to, our unity is connection with God and connection with each other. Hallelujah. Turn to um, Numbers 21. You know, God never repeats himself. Did you know that God never repeats himself? 
He only does things, anytime you look through the Bible, he ever does something once. He doesn't have to repeat himself over and over and over and over and over. He's got a billion and one ways of doing things. There's no way he's going to let you or me put him in a box. Yesterday's freedom can become today's bondage. This is whenever we start saying, you know, I liked it when we did things this way. Or I like it, when, remember whenever we used to do this and we used to do that and we did things a certain way and, and God moved and God done many things. It wasn't because of the things we did or the certain things that we did. It was because we were in unity. We could have done things differently and had the same unity and God would have moved. Or else we're putting ourselves back under the law. If we think we need to have things in a certain way, in a certain order, and, and do things the way we did in the past, then we're putting a formulation and a system saying, let's get back to that and then God will move. Is that not the law? Is that not? You see, the law, the law will say, uh, the law, and the old law said, you must do. The old law demanded us to do something. But in the new law, or not the new law, the new covenant, the new testament in Christ that we have, it's not about what we do, it's about what he's already done. It's about what he gives. He gives. Grace gives. Grace gives. Grace gives. The old law was about us giving. We don't have to give nothing. We just got to believe in what he's already given. We're not going back under the law. We've been free from the law. Hallelujah. It's not, it's not just about... It's just, I use that example of a suit. There's so many other examples you could use where you've been brought up and you're, you've, been, you've been put down and you're not allowed to do certain things and then all of a sudden you get this liberation. Praise God for the liberation. And then you begin to express it and you begin to express it. But it, goes, it gets to the point where that becomes part of you, that becomes you, that if you don't get to express your freedom, then you're not free. As people understand what I'm saying here. So all of a sudden, you genuinely have a freedom experience and you're doing things which is great. But somewhere down the line, it becomes so much part of you that it becomes bondage to you. It becomes that if you don't get to, to express yourself that freedom that you got maybe years ago, that all of a sudden you you're start pointing a finger saying, you're trying to put me under the law. You're, you're religious. You're trying, to, you're trying to put me under a religious spirit. Which isn't true. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to get that person out of bondage. They went from one bondage and now they're under another bondage. We're not under any bondage. We don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything other than believe. Amen. Nothing. Just believe. Look at, it. Look at the children of Israel. Numbers. Twenty-one verse four to nine says, Numbers twenty-one verse four. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? 
for there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worldly, worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of the Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he takes away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So, you know, they made this bronze serpent, and God says, whoever looks at this serpent will be healed. So everybody looked at it, and they got healed. But look at over, look what it says in, in 2 Kings, verse 18 to 14, or 18, 4. Second Kings 18, verse 4. It's talking about Hezekiah. It says he was the greatest king at this time where he went. And he, it says he removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it, nah, I don't know what that is, Nahush, Nahushtan, which means bronze thing. So here, the very thing that delivered the children of Israel, the bronze uh, serpent that they had to look upon, all of a sudden they put it up and they idolized it and they put incense to it and they worshipped this thing and it became an idol to them. It became uh, bondage to them and they worshipped it and they worshipped it and they worshipped it and that's not what God wanted them to do. And Hezekiah had to take it out. He took it down. So today, that's what I'm saying, today's uh, freedom can become tomorrow's bondage. The very thing that brought freedom to the children of Israel became bondage to them. The thing that delivered you today, or the thing that can bring freedom to you today, you can begin to worship and idolize it. You know, and thank God that we're singing that song at the start, you know you can begin to worship worship, you can begin to worship preaching, you can begin to worship prayer. You were singing the song about, you know, when the music fades and all is stripped away. That worship leader came to, he came to a realization. He says, forgive me for the way I have, forgive me for the way I have made it. Isn't that right? The way he, what he's talking about, he's saying, forgive me for the way I've made this music. He had come to a place where the music had become God. The music was his be all and end all. And he came to realize, he says, God, forgive me for the way I've made this music. He says, when all is stripped away, he says, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. You see, we can put so many things in front of Jesus. We can begin to idolize so many things in our church where they become the, the thing, they become our focus instead of Jesus. Because it, it, because it worked yesterday, it doesn't mean it's going to work today. Because it worked yesterday, we begin to idolize it. We begin to worship it. I love worship. I love dancing. I love being free. But I'm not going to allow those things to, to come before me and Jesus. I'm not going to allow those things to put me into bondage where I feel every time I come to church, I must do a certain thing to feel free. I don't need to do anything to feel free. I just dance because I love dancing. I worship God because I love worshiping God. I don't worship God to try and convince myself that I'm free. I am free. I'm convinced I'm free. And I know I'm free. 
You don't need to do anything to convince yourself or to convince anybody around you that you're free. You are free. There's so many things we do and this looks so spiritual. They look so spiritual and they're not spiritual at all. And I th- we, we do it to convince ourselves and to convince other people. Sometimes that religious spirit wants to, to do things to try and make other people convinced that what you're saying is real or true. Don't need to. I just need to say the word of God. Whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. I don't need to do anything other than just speak the word. I don't need to do anything other than just say it how it is or do it how it is. I don't need to formulate anything. I don't need to come up with a system. I don't need to do anything other than just say this is how it is. You don't need to, I don't need to feel anything. If I feel something, praise God. I love feeling things, but if I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm past all that. I'm past all that. To me, it's a bonus of a feel. To me, it's a bonus of all that. I'm past it. I come here by faith. It's all by faith. We come to church by faith. My desire is for you and I to be in unity. And I know when that happens, God does it all. He does everything. He sorts everything out. That's it. And if we're not in unity, then problems just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and the Holy Spirit's grieved. Let's get back to let's simp, let's get back to basics. Let's get make it simple. Let's get a let's get a passion and a love for Jesus. Let's get a passion and a love for each other, and let's think good about each other, not negative, but good. You know, some people, I like to look at the 98 and forget about the 2%. Some people like to focus on the 2% and forget about the 98. You know, for example, our government, I hear people talking negatively about our government, right? But yet they're getting maybe £500 a month off them through the whatever. But yet they're saying negative things about the very government that's giving them £500 a month. There's something wrong. What about the good stuff that the government's doing? What about the police force? What about the, uh, the National Health Service? What about all uh, the roads? I was, ta- I was talking to, to Jonathan and on Friday night and I was asking him about our country and he said, we're so well organized. He says, the roads are amazing. He says, everything's just mm, brilliant. But we take it for granted. If we hit a pothole, we're moaning and complaining. Maybe we need to go over to his country for a wee while. Maybe we need to go to India for a while. Maybe we need to go somewhere else. But you see, we're moaning and we're complaining about the very government that's blessing us. Yes, they haven't got it all right. It's not perfect, but they're working on it. We don't know the work that's going on in the background. They're working flat out, trying to make things work. But yet we're nitpicking at at little things, the 1% or 2%. Instead of being thankful, remember at the start we said, let's look at the things that we can be thankful for. Let's look at the good things. Let's look at the good things that's going on in our church. Let's look at the good things that's going on in our lives. And don't let those things pull you down. Because the there's nobody pulling you down. Only, there's nobody can pull Brian Harvey down other than Brian. I won't let anybody pull me down. But I tell you what, I can pull myself down very quick. I can't blame anybody for pulling me down. The only person, I, if I go down, the only person I can blame is me. I choose to go down. I'm not going to, you see, a religious spirit will blame everybody else. A religious spirit will point the finger at everybody else. A religious spirit will see negative in everybody else. 
A religious spirit has, has always got issues. Always got issues. But the Spirit of God looks past the issues. The Spirit of God looks at the good. The Spirit of God looks at, 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 at the person or looks at the situation and sees that God makes all things good. Nothing's perfect. I'm not perfect, but hey, I'm working on it every day. Lazy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> God must have given her more grace than me. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Polly? <laughs> and you have an abundance too, Polly. <laughs> I'll not finish. I'll finish it next week with plenty. We've always got tomorrow, is that right? Amen. But guys, this message is not, uh, please, 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 this message is not to put people down. It's not to make people go home feeling condemned. It's not to make people go home hurt or anyway. That's not, this message is designed to bring freedom and liberty into your life. You know, we come to church and the last two weeks I've been preaching about faith and, and, you know, we're all blessed and praise God. We're getting pumped up into faith. But hey, we just can't just keep getting pumped, pump, 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 pump if there's certain things that we need to change. If there's certain things that, that you know, certain mindsets and, and certain things in our, in our hearts that we need to change and start thinking right and then we will experience the real thing. You see, these things will block you from experiencing the real thing. There's the real thing and there's the counterfeit. There's a real presence of God. There's a real experience from God. There's a real manifestation of God. And if we come up with a formula, a religion, or a system, it's going to stop you and I from experiencing the real thing personally and as a church. So please take the word this morning. You know, if you're feeling offended in any way, I, I'll say to you with, with, the, with the love of God is ask yourself, why am I feeling offended? Maybe, maybe I have been religious in a certain area because I can tell you what, religious people are the most offended people I've ever met. Religious people are the most sensitive people I have ever met in my life. That's why, and we all know it, that the Christians are the most sensitive people. I've seen mighty, strong men Man, they go through you like a ton of bricks. The, the, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't face up to them. You know what I mean? But they get saved and then all of a sudden they become hypersensitive, easily hurt, easily offended. And I go to myself, what has happened to you? You should become stronger. I have become stronger since, I was, since I'm a Christian. When I got saved, I was full of fear and rejection. But praise God, day by day, he's transformed me into his son Jesus and I'm no longer fa fear and rejection is no longer holding me back. I'm getting stronger because I'm free. I'm not under a system. I'm not under religion. I'm not under a formula. I'm free. So if you're feeling hurt in any way, ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling hurt? Why am I feeling offended? Because it, it has to start in here. If I get hurt, if somebody offends me, I have to look at myself and say, why? Because a dead person cannot get hurt. A dead person can't get offended. It's impossible. If I'm truly dead in Christ, 
then I can't get hurt. A religious person always wants to, is always fighting for its rights. Spirit of God is willing just to say, well, it's okay then, fine. I'll just sit and wait and see if, if this is of God, then it'll happen. And if it's not of God, it won't happen. I don't need to fight for my rights. I could just sit and wait. I'm happy. I, I'd be happy to sit there for the next six months. As long as I know that this is where God wants me to be, I'm happy. Whatever. I don't, you don't have to fight. Because it's, you know what? It's going to pull you down. It's going to make you feel frustrated. And it's going to frustrate everybody around you. You don't need to. Either God is for you or he's not. Either God is with you or he's not. Either God is leading you and guiding you or he's not. It's as simple as that. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into a system. My system. You see, when we fellowship together, think about it. If, I, if us four always fellowship together, they say it's a clique, but it really it is. what it is is four people who, have, who agree in the same system. These four here agree in the same system. But they're all, all child of children of God. We all believe that what we're doing is right. This system's different to this system. The system in this church is different to that system. The worship, the worship can become a system. Our worship is different than this, than the worship in there. My style of preaching is different to that style of preaching. Think about it, music today. How many styles of music do we have in the world today? My goodness, they come up now, they used to have hip-hop now, they're called hip-hop something else and hip-hop something else and they used to have dance music, rave music now, it's dance house, it's all these, so there's all these different types of music and then there's even more types inside all that, but yet it's all music. It's just a matter of you finding a, a style that you enjoy. So my style of preaching may not suit you, but it suits somebody else. Hallelujah. Same with worship. Our style of worship may not suit everybody, but that's, that's, that's whether you look like it or not, there's systems in our church and there's no getting away from it. Even the way we do our service, we, we, we open up in the word of prayer, we have a half an hour of worship, uh, we, we do communion, uh, we do the announcements, we do the offering, Brian gets up, he preaches, and maybe have a song at the end. That's a system. That's really religion. The bottom line, the truth of the matter is, that is a system that we have in our church. It's a system. What we're saying is, this is the way we do it in this place, and this is what we believe is the best that we can do for God to move. That's what we're simply saying. And you see, if somebody, see if somebody challenges your system, oh, boy, you get angry. Well, dare you challenge my system. Or somebody else has a different system to you and, and you say something about their system and, and they say something about their system. Well, dare you. This is my system. This is the right system. This is the only system. God only moves in this system. Boy, God must be so small. He must be so small to think that, you know, we can come up with a system that is better than everybody else. That's, this is what religion is. This is true religion. The devil is the greatest deceiver that's ever walked the planet of the earth. He's good at what he's doing. You know, the religious spirit is the most deceptive spirit 
of them all. You know that if, if I was demon, if I was uh, demon oppressed right now with, let's say, hurt, fear, I don't know, rejection, lust, uh, whatever, in myself, I would say, Brian, you need deliverance. Isn't that right? I, you know yourself. You know yourself if you need deliverance from a spirit. But you see the spirit of religion, it has you deceived into thinking that what you're doing is the will of God. And nobody will convince you otherwise. <laughs> so you're never ever going to go and please deliver me from the spirit of religion. Because the spirit of religion has you convinced that what you're doing is 100% right. That's why when you get challenged with your system, you get uncomfortable. Hallelujah. So please, take this on board. Take it on board and, and, and think about it. And we can continue next week. And I pray that God will give me more understanding of what the religious spirit is. Because it's for, not only is it good for you, it's good for me. I'm getting my eyes open big time. Big time I may get my eyes open. And I pray that your eyes are open too. Because the devil is out to deceive us. If he can't get us into this bondage, he'll allow us to be freed up to get us into this bondage. The whole time he wants us to be in bondage. He doesn't want us to be free. Don't allow yourself to be hooked up to any system other than just believing God. Be free to dance. Be free to shout. Be free to, to, to speak in tongues. Be free to prophesy. Be free to do what you feel the Lord wants you to do. But don't do it unless the Lord asks you to do it. Don't do it for the sake of doing it. Don't do it because it's a system that you're in that you think you need to do to try and enjoy or, I don't know, manifest the presence of God. You don't need to. That's, that's, that's being unity. That's raising stand. I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Jim and the team to sing a song. I would like us to, to hold hands and pray and just pray that the unity of God would flow through us. Would that be good?